Hello and welcome to The Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of TheVictoryBell.com, a website and newsletter dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. If you're not yet subscribed, please head on over to TheVictoryBell.com. For $5.99 a month or $59.99 for the entire year, you get all of the stories emailed directly to your inbox. You get a full access to all of the archives that are out there. And really, you get all this Valpo University athletics content. It was a big weekend, homecoming weekend. There was volleyball. There was football. Soccer was on the road with a win and a tie. There was just a lot of good Valpo stuff out there. We covered a lot of it at the Victory Bell. Got a loaded episode today on the Victory Bell, the podcast. And when I say loaded, I mean we got one really big guest later on in the episode, Roger Powell, the men's basketball coach for Valparaiso University, is joining the pod to talk all things Valpo Beacon Boot Camp. That's right. The first official day of practice of the 23-24 season is today, and they started at 6 a.m. Roger is running what he calls boot camp. He showed up in military fatigues to practice early this morning, 6 a.m. Valpo Athletics, Valpo Basketball on Twitter just released a video of their first day of practice, some of the highlights a little bit. Speaking of Twitter, if you're looking to find me on there, TVB Oren, or you can find The Victory Bell on Instagram at The Victory Bell. You got a lot of good content going out there. Again, as I said, homecoming weekend, a very tough football game for the Beacons, hosting Marist, and man, they look like they had this thing on multiple times. Up 14-3 in the first half, looked like you know they were the better team. Marist gets two touchdowns at 17-14, and then Valpo's got to claw back a little bit. They take a they take a lead, then they're up. They're up 30 to 24. Things look like they're going to be okay. Maris scores late on, a, on what I'm hearing was a controversial touchdown. People that were on the sidelines say the ball bounced. I don't know if ESPN cameras didn't get it, if you can even review that. I'm not really sure how that how that works at this level. I got I to gotta dive into that. I haven't actually seen enough evidence myself on the video to see if it looked like the ball bounced. I got to go back and check that out and see if there's maybe another angle. But uh, that being said, Valpo blocks the extra point basically forcing overtime, although Valpo had a, had a chance to get into field goal range um, late to try to, to win it late. They go to overtime, and Valpo gets a big completion early in overtime, and you're just thinking, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to score a touchdown. And then, you know, they end up having a field goal attempt. That goes off the uprights. That didn't ultimately matter as Maris goes up the middle on the first play for a 25-yard touchdown run. And what's so brutal about it, and I wrote about this at thevictorybell.com, was that this is basically how the homecoming game ended two years ago against Marist. They came in for that game, and Valpo needed a late rally to force overtime, and they did so. And then Valpo got a field goal, but Marist, again, first play of overtime, scored on a 25-yard pass. This was a run, but it was all the same heartbreak. Then, going into the arc, the volleyball team on Friday night, by the way, won a five-set thriller over Missouri State. That was excellent. And then Saturday night, playing a very, very tough Southern Illinois team. And and I'll own this one. I doubted. I had doubts. And I, I don't know that I'm like Deion Sanders' level of doubting over here, but uh, I thought Southern Illinois was going to roll over Valpo. And mostly it was because you come off an emotional five-set victory. That's exhausting. You've got 
A lot of other stuff going on in the arc this weekend. Karen Avery honored for becoming the all-time winningest coach in Valpo history. The 2003 Valpo volleyball team comes by, homecoming, all of that stuff. Just the pressure building up. And I was certain that Valpo was, I, I thought Southern Illinois was going to win. Southern Illinois is picked higher than Valpo. And uh, and shame on me for doubting, I suppose, uh, because Valpo came out and dominated. Scored the first five points of the, of the first set. They looked really good. You know, Karen shook up the starting lineup a little bit. There will be a story later on this week about one of the players that is kind of an unsung hero of this team so far. And, uh, man, it was just it, it was a fun atmosphere to watch. Then they honored the 2003 team, and I went to college with a lot of these women. That was great to see them come back and see their families and, and hear about what they're doing. Same thing with the Valpo football team. The guys from the 2003 team were back. It was so awesome to see them. And, and again, I've... You know, I, I went to school here a long time ago. I, I, I knew some of those guys as classmates. I was the, an RA for some of them. Um, I, some of them, my first year in the classroom, they were there. And so this was a, a fun group to see. Homecoming is just so great to me. I, I love it. I, I love seeing the athletes come back. Got a chance to catch up with uh, Grace Hales, Caitlin Morrison, Marley Prophet of the Valpo Women's Basketball Program. Uh, so many other athletes coming back. Some Valpo baseball players had a chance to get together with a lot of those guys at Wings, et cetera, on Saturday. Ryan O'Gara, uh, what do we have? Damon McCormick was there. Spencer Mahoney. There's a whole li- whole bunch of guys that were back for that, and uh, and really just it's awesome. It's just so fun. A lot of old football players are back from different years. Spent some time with Ben Lehman and Kelsey Victor. Uh, now Kelsey Lehman. Um, Kelsey played volleyball. Ben played football as a quarterback. Uh, they've got some kids. They're back in the area now. Spent some time with them. It's just awesome. Great to see. And 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 you know I've haven't made, I haven't been shy about this. Right. One of the reasons I really love doing the Victory Bell and and really truly love doing this more than working for the Northwest Indiana Times. Right. Is like, it it, it really is about people and it's about the relationships and it's about about just telling their stories. And uh, you know I was telling Ben and Kelsey how much I wish. I could have been doing the Victory Bell back when they played and back when maybe could have told their stories a little bit better than we had the opportunity to do before. So, uh, so fun. Homecoming was great. The football result was tough, but um, we'll see what happens. The soccer team, big, big game coming up Thursday night against Missouri State, number one and number two in the preseason poll, number one and number two finishing last year, Missouri State. The only team in the Valley to beat Valpo last year, and then they went on to win the conference tournament, and uh, it's just tough that you know it's going to be a big match. Valpo went on the road to Evansville and got a point and a one-one tie, and then against Indiana State, you know, 72 seconds into the match, Chase Ray scores her second goal of the weekend after having gone three years without scoring. Chase with goals in back-to-back matches, and they added another goal later on. Valpo with the two-nothing win. So they got four points coming out of their first weekend of conference play. Now, they had a bye. Valpo had a bye in the first week. So they are not quite, uh, you know, other teams are going to have more points at this point. Valpo will continually playing throughout the rest of the year. Other teams will get a bye here and there. But a good start in conference play to go on the road. You want all six points, but they got four. And, uh, and there you go. Softball had a couple games against Goshen, just a, a fall kind of exhibition matches. You got tennis with a pair of wins at home. 
on Saturday. The Valpo swimming and diving had the or Valpo swimming, excuse me, had their alumni meet. That's nice. I had a chance to talk to a few of them just in passing at uh, homecoming later on in the day and uh, talk about how great that was. Apparently, there was a 54-year-old swimmer who was out at the alumni meet swimming in every event. Um, and then you saw golf earlier in the week, men's golf dominating their tournament. Uh, Caleb, and, and you know, just amazing. Uh, and we got to it, – it's on me. I have not done a good enough job of getting out to golf and, and, and telling their stories a little bit and um, got to start doing that a little bit more. So just uh, all around a fun – a fun week, fun weekend at Valpo, and coming into this week now, volleyball hosts UIC on Tuesday night. Should be a tough match. UIC picked to finish third in the conference. So they're a very good team. Gave Valpo some trouble last year, and if Valpo can can get away with a, a win there, they'd be three and zero in conference heading into a big weekend with Drake and Northern Iowa, two of the top teams in the league, number one and number two, right there. Football steps out of conference for the final time this weekend against Southwest Missouri or Minnesota State. Excuse me, um, scholarship Division Two program, I believe. Alpo probably favored in this one slightly, uh, but you really you got to throw that stuff out the window and and really even throw the opponent out the window. Valpo's got to figure out Valpo, and they got to figure out a way. The offense scored thirty points this past week. If you would have told me that Valpo's offense going to put thirty points on the field. I'll tell you that defense is going to win a lot of games. You know, the defense is going to hold, isn't going to give up 30 all that often. And uh, and so the the offense, they were cooking at times. Solomon Dave, Mikey Apple Jr. to Solomon Davis was a great connection uh, to the tune of 175 yards, I think it was, and uh, a career high eight catches, career high in yardage, career high in touchdowns. Solomon Davis would look great. You know, one big play where, where Maris had scored, Valpo came right back, got a big kickoff return, and then a 50-yard bomb, dropped it right in the bucket, Apple to Davis, and and you just felt like at that point that it was it was elementary. Valpo was going to win the game. If that connection can keep up and Valpo can, can get another offensive threat going, whether it be the run game and that has been lacking, whether it be another receiver, get Evan Jernigan involved a little bit more as a, as a pass-catching tight end, and he had a couple of big grabs on Saturday this defense will bounce back. They're too good to uh, to get gashed for for 36 yards. And and really what it was, or 36 points, but what it was was the length of the drives, the inability to get off the field on third down. In the second ha- second quarter, Maris had an 18-play, 90-yard drive that took nine minutes and two seconds off the clock. And then Valpo's offense, in one of the, the moments where they struggled, they go back, they go on the field, they go three and out, and you got to put your defense right back on the field. And then Maris had a 40-yard completion, a 20-yard touchdown, boom, boom. Like, I mean, it was just, it was it was deflating to see that occur. So you got to believe that Valpo's defense will will bounce back this week a little bit, and, uh, and we'll see if the offense can continue to hum along. Uh, you know, you're seeing people on social media frustrated a little bit um, and, and understandable, but uh, it's a long season. There's eight games left to go. And so you, you start 0-1 in conference. The schedule doesn't get any easier after this. It's a tough, tough schedule in the PFL, but um, we'll see where Valpo goes from here. Again, I want to shift it over now here. We've got, uh, we've got basketball, men's basketball, first day of official practice. Now, again, the calendar is so strange 
you're able to work out all summer, you're able to do all those stuff, and then you get into, uh, that's the, the summer workouts, and then you get into the preseason, and that's where Valpo is starting today. You get 42 days of practice, or 42-day window, uh, before your first game, and that's today. So, uh, first practice this morning. Uh, it's been a long five and a half months since Roger Powell was hired, 165 days ago. It feels like just yesterday that we were going through that whole thing. It also feels like Roger has been here forever. And each one of these guys, all the newcomers, and Roger is going to break them down one by one, what he likes about these guys, who they are as people. We're going to go through that. And then at the end, Valpo's, uh, Roger Powell kind of makes a, a bit of an announcement that I'm sure the university will announce shortly. But uh, And, and I'll, I'll preview this here, and then you'll hear more from Roger. But on October 14th, uh, 10 a.m., Valpo Men's Basketball is going to host a community event at the Ark where they're just inviting community members out to come watch the team practice. And that's everybody. That's not just season ticket holders. That's everybody. He wants everybody coming out to the Ark. You come to the Ark, you see them practice, and then you spend you know two hours at the Ark, and that leads right into Valpo's football game later on that afternoon. So it would be a fun event there to get to know I mean, you got to wear name tags for these guys, right? There's so many new players, and you'll get a chance to go see them at the Ark on October 14th. Roger will talk more about it here in the interview. And so without further ado, I want to turn it over to Roger Powell. Really great to sit down with him. Great to have him on the podcast. We'll do this plenty more times, I imagine. But here is first-year Valparaiso men's basketball coach, Roger Powell. Thrilled here to be with Valparaiso head men's basketball coach Roger Powell for his first appearance, official appearance on the Victory Bell, the podcast. It has been five and a half months since you took over this program. You have built a staff, you built a roster, you emceed Popcorn Fest. You have been so visible all over the place. Homecoming was this past weekend, you were everywhere. Have you slept at all in the last five and a half months? Actually, not a lot because, you know, on top of that, I got a two and a four-year-old at home. So it's been uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot. But you know what? That energy is important to have. And I think that passion for this place is kind of driving me on. I want to ask you, how important is it for you to be like visible in the community? I imagine part of it is calculated. You're trying to grow, the, uh, grow this program. But it's who you are, right? Like, I mean, we've talked about this before. You're a connector, right? And and so when you're going out, when you're doing that popcorn fest, when you're at homecoming and all of that, like, like how much of that is you having to do your job, and how much of that is you just thriving on on being around people? You know, the, 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 I've done this everywhere I've been, and you know, even in Spokane, I was really involved in the community. Um, I'm the Rev, not just in nickname, but I'm also a preacher. So. You know, I think something that I'm really passionate about is, you know, motivating people, inspiring people to be great. And and I think the only way you can do that is if you genuinely spend time with people. And and this community is, is a big reason I came back. Um, I love being in Spokane. I love being with the Zags. But, you know, I miss this place. And, you know, I, the five years I was here with Bryce and just the things that we were able to do. And, you know, I, I think that I think that's still in my heart. And that's why I came back. So. Like, I have to get in the community. I have to make sure that people see our light and, you know, that I'm able to, you know, get people excited about what we're building because we're going to need them. We're going to need them to build this thing and make it special like like I want to. Like, I think this city deserves and this campus deserves. So, I mean, you you started your college coaching under Bryce. You spent a lot of time with him. Obviously, you're, you went on to Gonzaga with Mark Few. 
I'd imagine you lean on both those guys for advice here and there. Is it interesting having conversations with Bryce, knowing that he coached at the same place that you're now coaching at and maybe probably understands the hurdles, the obstacles, and what this place also can be? You know, man, Homer Drew, Bryce Drew, Scott Drew, um, man, they all are very important people to me. I mean, they kind of helped me start my foundation in coaching. And and um, so, I mean, they, they left an amazing legacy here, and I was a part of it, you know, especially the, the five years when we were winning here. So for me, it's, it's almost like a way of honoring them, you know. I mean, they taught me coaching, you know. And obviously I played for, you know, Bill Self, and, I mean, you know, I coached with Mark Few and, and uh, some other great coaches, but, you know, the foundation of my coaching came from Bryce and came from Homer. Homer would sit in my office right next to this office, and we would talk basketball and coaching strategies. So, you know, it's great talking with them, but I let them know, man, this is something that, you know, is being done for the university, is being done for the city, but it's also, you know, trying to leave a legacy and build on what they, what they, what they set in motion here. You have built an excellent staff, right? I've gotten a chance to know these guys over the last five and a half months. Pat Baldwin, head coaching experience. Matt Gordon got to the Final Four, the mid-major. A.J. Moye, just excellent pedigree. And it's fun to watch him kind of get back out on the court. Uh, Q is a grinder. Your grad assistants have been great. Then late in the summer, you add Lubos Barton to the mix. Uh, a, a guy that is near and dear to my heart simply because he's my age, right? And so, like, I remember watching him play here and all of that. What has he brought to the program in the last month? I mean, just, you know, when you, when you walk into the practice gym, Hilltop, I mean, his picture's up there. So I think, you know, what he did here, you know, coming here, you know, as a freshman and, you know, leading this program to multiple NCAA tournaments and, you know, obviously his playing pedigree and, and even his coaching pedigree, coaching overseas. I mean, he comes in instantly and he gets respect from these guys. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, just that energy of having a former player here. You know, obviously I coached here, but he played here. He he played in the arc. He, I mean, the fans remember when people were super excited about him. He He's able to see it through, you know, a different lens that our awesome staff, our coaches who have won in other places can see, see through. And, you know, I think that helps with these guys because they can really relate to him. And, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to do in, in creating a staff is I wanted to give these players everything they need to be successful because – you know, I've had success. I've won championships as a player. I've, you know, I coached at the highest level. I've went to the championship game as an assistant coach. Coach guys that have played in the NBA. I got to play in the NBA. You know, it's like I've experienced a lot and I've seen a lot through the game. So, you know, as a head coach, like I am passionate about trying to create some of those experiences for my players. So having a staff that has had those experiences that have been a part of some of those experiences was huge for me. And I think, you know, Lou Bosch does that. He, he adds another layer to be able to give these guys everything they need to hopefully experience winning at the highest level. This won't be a popular question, uh, and maybe it will be. Um, the preseason magazine polls are starting to come out, right? Valpo is being picked at the bottom or near the bottom. I'd imagine when the Valley poll comes out next month, it will be that. And, and I'm sure a lot of that is just the unknown, and we'll get into the players in a bit. The normal coach speak is, is we don't pay attention to this. We don't look at this or anything like that. Um, but, like, do you use bulletin board material? Do you think about that? Is this just another step in the journey? Just how do you take all of that? Absolutely. You know, I, I use it. And I think it's great. I think it's inspiring. I think it's challenging. I think it can create a chip on our shoulders. Um, you know, someone tweeted that the other teams in this league would look forward to playing us twice. And 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 I told the players, then that's fun. Well, 
we better give them the experience if they play us twice. You know, that's something that you have to find. And I think great competitors use all that stuff as motivation. So the more, the merrier. Um, now, with that being said, we are. We're, we're not really experienced. We have a young team. I didn't go out and sign a bunch of transfers. You know, I, I got some prep school kids. I got young kids I'm going to build with. You know, so I, I, mean, I told them there is a gap. There's a gap for some of the teams in this league, and most teams in this league are experienced, and the experienced teams usually win. But I believe in our guys, and and I believe in the culture we've been able to we've been able to build, and and I'm crazy enough to believe that we're going to be successful. You know, now it's going to be hard. It's going to take time. We're going to, we're going to push each other. We're going to push them really hard. But when it comes down to it, man, I'm going to make sure everything that is said about us, our players hear it, and, um, and I'm going to let them know that I believe differently. But we got to go out and prove it. Let's talk about the players, because I think we, we look at this from a 10,000-foot view of Roger Powell has taken over the Valpo basketball program. Okay, what does that mean? Who are these guys? You had to go build a roster, right? And and I, I've i said this publicly. I've told you privately. I've said this to anyone who will listen. The fact that you did it the way you did it, you could have went and got all fifth-year grad transfer guys, and you could have done that and probably won a bunch of games this year, and then they all graduate, and then you've got to do it again and again and again. Um, you built a young group, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about some of these guys. I want to start with the returners and what you inherited. Um, and I'm just going to go, uh, really, I guess, in alphabetical order of the guys that are back, right? I'm going to start with Connor Barrett. He's been here longer than anybody else. Um, you get in here, you see a guy from right outside the Chicago area and Connor Barrett. What just whether maybe if you want to say something on the court about one, each one of these guys or off the court, and we'll just go player by player. So Connor, you know, Connor is someone that I, I, mean, I love him, you know, and I think he's really in, he's really embraced me as a coach and really embraced our staff. He, he's excited um, about playing basketball. He's excited to work every day, which is great. Um, I think he has a little edge to him, which I value, and I tell him our team's going to need that, and he has the ability to shoot the ball. So I think those are things that, you know, can really help us. You know, now, you know, he's learning a new system. We're going to play a lot faster. Um, and I think he's picking it up and just continuing to help him, you know, take care of his body so he can get through a season without injuries. It's going to be huge. But he's had a great summer, man. And, you know, like I came in, I didn't sugarcoat anything. You know, I was very demanding. I hold guys accountable. And um, and he he's loved it. And I think he's really taken advantage of it. Um, you know, and, and we can tell in his game, he's gotten better. And I'm excited for him to play and give us that edge and give us some toughness, you know, this, this season. I told him we're going to need that. Darius is a guy that for the first couple of years here, you know, he's, he's been kind of forced into service as a point guard because of injuries that were around it. And you see him grow a little bit. The one thing for Darius that I saw is every when every one of these other guys we'll get to in a bit committed, Darius was the first one to shoot them a message and say, how can I help you and everything? You see that a little bit. What have you seen from him in the, uh, the, the first five months you've been around? He's another guy that I think has really embraced um, our staff, me as a head coach, you know, that's been, that means a lot, you know, with, with, with guys that, you know, played for an older staff and um, to bring in a new staff and all new coaches, you know, I, he, he seems to really be enjoying it. And, you know, just the confidence factor, just really trying to give him a ton of confidence because I think he's a great player. Um, I think he has some, you know, some instinctive point guard ability, um, you know, for him has just been pushing him to learn how to play with that pace because he's he's been the most in shape player all summer, um, so we're excited. He's been making some threes. I'm I'm one of the guys that I've been telling him to shoot, forcing him to shoot, and, and when he does it, it's, it's kind of going in. So you know, hoping that we can kind of you know see some 
his some of his game opened up this year um, just because he does have some experience. Not a whole lot, but I, I think that experience can really help us. So proud of what he's done all summer. Um, proud of what he's been doing so far in, in, in the uh, the preseason. And, uh, you know, I, I I trust him, man. I think he's a great kid. And all these guys have returned, man. I mean, they're my guys, you know, and I treat them like they're my guys. And, you know, I, and, and they've been treating me like I'm their coach. And that means a lot to me. The last returning scholarship player is Jerome Palm. Big guy. Came in last year. Got some minutes. Kind of fade out, faded out of the rotation when they changed how they ran things a little bit. Um what do, you, what do you think about Jerome? I think the way that we're going to play is going to be really helpful to him. You know, I think this system fits him a little bit better um, than what they what they went to last year. Um, and obviously, you know, when you're a coach, you have to change up things to try to try to win. But, you know, I think for me and what I'm bringing and then our offense and, and our style, I think it's going to really help him, you know, to be able to play with another big and, and, and put him in situations where I think he can, you know, be somewhat successful. Um, I think he does a lot of things. He has a great motor. Uh, he, he should be able to really rebound for us and even protect the rim some. But just trying to continue to, you know, increase his ability to score and to to put him in simple situations where he can get easy points. I think it's going to help open up his confidence. And, and uh, he's our most physical big. So, you know, I'm super excited uh, to see him have a little bit more of a role this year in a system that I think will fit him a little bit better. So, we're, we're believing we're believe, we have high hopes for him this season to be, you know, be a major force for us inside. Now you've got all these newcomers, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring them up to you in the order in which they signed, um, as you were building a roster. The first one is a guy that actually had signed already, and you went to Canada to go see Jahari Williamson. And I, I mean, I know from conversations with you that what you found there was somebody that you felt you had found a, a spiritual connection with a little bit. What, Jahari is now here. He got here in, in July. Um, he's young. He's excitable. It's fun to watch him. I've seen him. What do you What do you think about Jahari? Yeah, you know, when I first saw him, um, I went. I wanted to kind of evaluate him, uh, but then also I wanted to kind of evaluate his personality and talking to him. Like he's a great kid. We really connected. And, and I think just that first conversation we had, you know, about faith and just life, I think he really bought into me. Uh, but then I wanted to see him in person with my own eyes. You know, I wanted to go and just meet him in person, and I did. And I, and I saw I saw his talent. Um, he has a lot of ability. And, uh, and we've seen that this summer. You know, he has a ton of talent. I think from a basketball standpoint, I think I'm going to really be able to help him mature. Um, and then what we're bringing from an offensive standpoint, you know, be able to kind of take that talent and discipline it and uh, put it into a system where he can actually make the right reads and, and play with the type of pace we want and and really, you know, really be a, a defensive force. But I think he's going to be able to score it too. And so, you know, he's been working. Um, some practices have been better than the others, but just like any other freshman, it's, it's not easy. I mean, geez, I mean, Jalen Suggs struggled, you know, at, at Gonzaga. Chet struggled. I mean, most freshmen do struggle early in preseason because the, because the level of intensity is a lot more. But he's somebody that I think is a talent that you can really build with. And I'm excited about his future. I think he's going to have a great career here. Ola, you bring him in. First guy that officially signed with you, uh, transferred from Central Michigan. You're going to go play Central Michigan this year, which I'm sure is going to be a fun, excitable thing for him. Uh, what is it about Ola that, that you thought, hey, we're going to go get this guy right away? Is it the first piece that you, you put together the program? Yeah, you know, Ola has some experience. He started – um, majority of the season uh, last year. So he's played college basketball in the MAC Central uh, Michigan. He's also from Don Bosco, 
um, prep school, which is right down the street from here, Dave Maravella. You know, we've had a long relationship. Um, I remember back in the day when I brought David Scar here, who had a great career, a great couple of years here, and actually played in the Silver tournament. So, you know, Dave, Don Bosco, um, that was a relationship that kind of helped us get him. And, you know, watching film, seeing his ability to defend and his length, and uh, it was something I thought would be great for us from a defensive standpoint. Now, you know, just kind of harnessing his offense. And, you know, and when you take a job late like I did and, a lot of those, you know, transfers are getting gobbled up, you know, to be able to go and get a kid that's from the area, that's from Chicago land area, that's played college basketball. And, you know, it's, you know, is versatile defensively. And I think he, he has room for upsides and he's young still. So he has multiple years. I just, I, I thought it was great for us, you know, and it's not one of those where you'd be here for one year and you leave. I really think he's going to be able to really grow into a, a nice piece, a nice player here, here at Valpo. Isaiah Stafford, junior college national champion, um, is a guy that when I see him in, in some open gyms, you see a guy who can get to the basket, he can score, he's exciting to watch. Um, what is it about Isaiah that has you excited? You know, I think also, I mean, that's one of the things when I was with, with Bryce, I tried to really target the Chicagoland area, and he's from Bolingbrook, you know, so you got another kid, you know, from the area um, that has won. Um, he also basically was at Southern Indiana and had a 30-point game there. So he can really score, goes to John Logan, wins a championship. So he has a winning pedigree. And his ability to score, is, I think, is going to be really valuable for us. So, you know, really, really, really think he's going to have a chance to kind of a breakout year this year. And with the pace we're playing with, you know, that scoring ability is going to be great at the guard spot. And he can shoot it. And that was something that we need to really um, – really correct here is just the ability to shoot, especially in the Missouri Valley. you got to have some guys that can put the ball in the hole. Jackson Edwards played in the Missouri Valley a little bit last year. He was at Murray State, um, a decorated high school career, you know, coming out of Cathedral. Um, maybe he didn't get the time, the minutes that he wanted. They were the, they, he committed to Murray State, kind of recommitted to Murray State. Then they brought in a bunch of 22-year-old guys that somehow still have more eligibility. He goes into the portal. You gobble him up. Uh, what do you think about Jackson? Another guy, another local guy, man. An Indiana All-Star, won a championship at Cathedral. Um, you know, high-level athleticism. Uh, you know, I think, you know, the confidence that I'm able to pour into him and, 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 the, and the system that we're going to play with, I think is going to be able to help open his game up a bit. And I think he has a chip on his shoulder, you know. And that's why, like, I love the Bullington board material, man. Hey, man, you know. Prove to people that you belong in this league and prove to people that you're a great player. Prove to people that you're a winner. You know, you did it you're, You did it before you went to college. Now you have an opportunity to build with a coach um, that's going to believe in you. And, and I think he's going to be able to really have an impact from a defensive standpoint, from getting out and finishing above the rim standpoint, some athletic plays I'm sure he's going to be able to make. And uh, we've been working on his game, continuing to work on his jump shot and, and making him a better basketball player. And you know, the other thing about him is not only is he a local kid, but I got him for multiple years, you know. So this is another one of those transfers, his sophomore year now. We got him for three years. He can kind of develop, and, and we can build something with him. And that and that excites me because, you know, I, I think that's the way you got to build it here. Um, I remember back when I when I helped bring in Alec Peters and Jabril and Lekas and that young class, you know, they struggled their first year. They struggled their first year, their first year coming off of a team that, you know, won. We lost all those seniors, and these guys came in. And the following year, went to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I'm trying to kind of build it that way. When these young transfers that have multiple years I can build with, hopefully, you know, we win quick. But their, you know, their junior and senior year, we're high level. 
a true freshman coming in uh, to do a prep, I think, in Kansas City, Cooper. Um, Schweiger, I believe is how you say yep, his last yep. name. I ought to give a shout out to Cooper's dad because I was in Kansas City last month and, and got a great barbecue recommendation. So he's already a win in my book because <laughs> of that. Uh, Cooper comes in and everything I've heard is he's a gym rat, he's a hard worker and all of that. What are you seeing from Cooper? He's really talented, guys. And, you know, people that have seen him play, they're like, I mean, where the heck did you get him from? And I think he's a prime example of one of those those prep school kids that got, got looked over um, while during the transfer porno sweepstakes. Um, you know, he's a guy that had Cal coming in late. You know, some of these other, you know, mid-major plus teams or, you know, started to kind of sniff around late. But I was able to get in and I went right to work, got got to see him. And, um, yeah, I mean, we got it done. And, and he's someone that I think is in that same mold. I'm not saying he's Alec Peters or Drew Timmy. But he's a versatile big, and he's legit 6'9", 6'10", and he can shoot the ball. So, you know, I think he's he has a chance of being, you know, hopefully if things go well, one of those Valpo greats and um, and could potentially be a problem in this league with his size, athleticism, and versa- versatility. Got a couple more here. Luol Manyang comes in, transfer from Hofstra. Uh, dealt with some injuries there, and I was banged up a little bit here. Uh, just big, tall guy. Um, where is he at in, in his – process of getting on the court and what do you like about having a just a tall tall guy from South Sudan so he, he has it's, it's very interesting he has a very similar story to Vashil Fernandez and um, I was here for Vashil Fernandez recruitment in his um you know his whole career here and he ends up being one of the 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 Valpo greats but he didn't he didn't really do much his first two years I think he even redshirted his first year and um but then he becomes this like crazy awesome rim protector and he, everyone loves him on campus and you know he's a great ambassador you know, for for the program in the, in the community, you know. And I think Luol has some of that in him. Um, you know, obviously, as he continues to develop and gets healthy and strong, you know, I think I think he could end up being a really high-level rim protector for us. But then he sneakily has some skill. Like, he's able to make some shots, and he, and he has some skill, you know, from offensive end. So just kind of continue to develop his game. He, he's, he basically is a redshirt freshman. Um, that we will have for a long time. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, here in the next couple of years, we're going to see him, you know, shoot, maybe even blocking some, uh, breaking some shot blocking records because, you know, that's that's a part of what I think he can really bring to us, you know, when he gets back on the court and gets fully healthy. It should be stated that we're sitting in your office right now and over your shoulder is a picture on the wall, a giant uh, picture wallpaper of Ashiel Fernandez dunking here. Uh, at, uh, I like that. It makes me smile seeing that picture. <laughs> uh, Kaspar Sepp is a guy that you've got kind of later in the process a little bit. He was somebody that um, overseas guy, you know, throughout the summer looking at him, and he gets here and uh, looks like he's fitting right in with the rest of his teammates. He is, and, you know, I think he's, he's, he's pretty skilled. Um, and he's one of those guys I think that are, you know, versatile, kind of help us uh, with our offensive flow. But the one thing that he's done in practice, which has been pretty cool, man, he brings a lot of fire and passion uh, to practices. And I love that, you know, coming in as a prep school freshman, international player, not being bashful, um, and you just getting in there and, and roughing things up. And, and, and I like to see him in the future being one of those guys that just you rally as a team. He can, he can handle the ball. He can pass it. His shot is decent. Um, and he's just he's just versatile, and I think you know having a bunch of guys like that that are physical. He he he's he's been great with ball screen defense, so I I think he he's gonna he's gonna develop into a nice player for us. 
Sherman Weatherspoon the fourth is a guy who late in the recruiting process, other big programs are taking a look at him a little bit, trying to get him in, and you swooped in and you and you got Sherman to come in. Um, what is it about him? You know, he's, he's again these high level schools late in the process were were knocking on the door. They were, and uh, I'm happy. I'm I'm telling you, man, it was the it was the transfer portal sweepstakes, man. I was able to kind of sneakily get in. You know, obviously being hired late and and having to sign so many guys. Um, I was able to get some of these prep school guys, and he's another one of them. We had workouts, basically. We brought a bunch of guys in, and we had them, you know, work out with our team. You know, we took advantage of that rule to have these guys work out. And, you know, I had I had like one or two scholarships left, and, you know, we were trying to take our time, and we wanted to make sure he made a wise decision. And, you know, he came in, and, like, as soon as I saw him work out, man, I was like, okay, this kid's different. Um, he plays extremely hard. He can really defend. And, and he has the ability to shoot the ball, you know, and I think – you know, he's someone that when you think about building with for the future, he's going to have four years. You know, he already has good size and he's he's tough and, and he can really defend and shoot it. I was like, those type of guards, you know, I think if have a great career in the Missouri Valley. So I'm excited for him, man. I'm excited for all these young kids, man. And and, and they're, they're building. They're excited. They have no egos. They bought into team. And I think that's how you build something special. And, uh, and I think that's the formula for building something special that will last here at Valpo. The final scholarship addition that you had was another Don Bosco guy. You, you, you'd seen him earlier in the summer, Lucas Scroggins, and then it kind of came back around late in the summer. You added him. I, when I see him walk around, I just think to myself, uh, that's a lot of size. You know, he's just, he looks bigger. He is, to Valpo fans out there, have been around the league for a little bit. Uh, Kavion Pippen, who played at Southern Illinois, he looks very similar to him. Obviously, he's a young freshman. He's going to grow. He's going to put muscle on. What have you seen from Lucas in the first couple months around here? Man, I think he's just scratching the surface of how good he can be. I think he has crazy upsides. Um, you know, he's made, he's made athletic plays offensively and defensively. Like you said, he's long and he's lanky and he's extremely bouncy. You know, I think he's somebody that as we continue to put some weight on, can end up being a being a being a problem, you know, defensively, you know, helping helping anchor our defense. But then his ability to run and, and make plays above the basket, above the rim, um, man, he, he's he's gonna be a special kid. And and that's the thing about Don Bosco here down the street from us, man. There's been so many players that have developed from there and guys have gone and where they played a lot their freshman year, they redshirted, man, you end up seeing these guys and they're like, they're NBA talents, you know, and and that's and that's what Dave Maravella does a good job of, man, finding those guys and getting them in and and uh, developing them and and then, you know, getting them a good opportunity to go to a college where they can be successful. And and I think, I think, I think Lucas is is one of those guys. I think he's gonna be have a chance to be really special. And and to be honest, man, we had some some Atlantic 10 teams trying to get him. He actually took a visit to one of those schools and you know, there was a lot of schools trying to come in late for him, and um, and we were we were fortunate to get him late and and, and make him a beacon. I got to ask about the walk-ons because they're just as part, just as much part of the family as the scholarship guys are. I know the fans look at them a little bit differently. I'll just do them kind of grouped together. You bring Jovic back; he's definitely part of the Valpo family. Absolutely, Julie here. And then you bring in Luke Carroll and you bring in Anthony Sharoni. I had Anthony on the podcast before. Um, just what 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 do you ask your walk-ons to do? You've got three of them. That's a lot. What do you ask of them and what have they given you? Man, they've been awesome. And, you know, obviously Anthony, man, he's he's a special kid. Man, he works a job. And he works at Dick's and he comes and he goes through practice and he does whatever it takes to help the team be 
be be successful and and he brings positive energy every day. And um I actually I've fallen in love with the kid, man. I'm so happy that he's he's with us and you know, um obviously everyone knows Joe, his picture is actually on the wall, man. The the shot that Alec made back when I was here, he's a little kid. I think he was like a ball boy in this and he's the only one out of this whole team that has a picture on, on my wall in my office. But he's just been so selfless and 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 you know, these guys sometimes don't get a lot of credit, but I mean, they're so valuable for helping us, you know, get through practice and being a major part of what we're doing and guarding guys, guarding actions, running actions that our guards are going to have to, our, our, our team is going to have to guard. And I mean, they're instrumental in that, man. And they bring energy and, and they just bring positivity and they actually push the guys. I mean, Anthony pushes the guys, you know, he, he gets in there and he, he, he roughs it up a bit and, and our guys follow that, you know, Joe, Joe the same. And then, then Luke, I mean, Luke is good size. He can shoot it. You know, he's come off of injury, but he's healthy now. And, 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 you know, you put some, you put Luke in the game, you put, you know, AT in there and Joe, I mean, you don't really miss a beat. It's just like one of the guys and it's good because it gives us depth and we're able to have a really solid scout team for these guys to be able to, you know, practice and get better against. And I'm just so grateful that we have them. Like you said, we have, we have a good amount, but they're quality walk-ons and, you know, I would, as fans, I will keep 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 an eye out, man. I'm, I may throw them in some games here just because they deserve it and they're earning it. Two more questions, and then obviously it's a very busy day for you today, so I'm going to get these two out of the way. Obviously, the first the reason why it's a busy day is today is kind of a national holiday. It's the first day of practice, the first official day of practice of the 23-24 season. You've been working out, practicing together all summer long and everything, but today was a day that it gets to change a little bit. How was today different? You already had one workout this morning. Does the intensity go up? Are you looking for different things now? Are you trying to establish a depth chart? Just what what is today about in the next couple of weeks? You got forty two days before your first game. Yeah, well, you know, we're doing we're doing a boot camp and we've got two a days and you know, a lot of it is, you know, kind of our grit stuff, defensive foundation, which you already have in, but just kind of owning it a little bit. Um, you know, really pushing them a little bit, taking the level of intensity up a notch. Um, that's why we're doing a two a days. I think this is also the transition from like, you know, preseason to now this is preseason preparing for games so you know getting their bodies right making sure they're getting sleep you know that's why we're doing the morning workouts and the afternoon workouts and getting them in somewhat you know game shape knowing that we have time so we're not going to try to you know go overboard but you know I really want to pump it up a bit and amp it up a bit and and then I think the guys understand too that this is like the real deal now like basketball games around the corner and we got a lot to prove and we got a huge gap that we have to kind of close. And that's with obviously the details and and knowing who we are even more. And that's what this week is. It's about all that. And then at the end, you know, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some stuff that's gonna be really challenging. But, you know, when when they accomplish it, I love that. I love giving them things that are hard and when they accomplish it, then celebrating afterwards. And that's what boot camp is. Getting through boot camp, understanding all the principles, the base base stuff, who we are, and then, you know, get through one day where it's gonna be really hard and then celebrate. And then, you know, for me, that's the transition from, you know, now this is the pre-preseason. Now we're in real preseason. Now it's time to go. We're in practice. So it's fun. They had great energy. I had some Army fatigue pants on today. It was kind of cool wearing those. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're, we're getting gritty, man. And, and uh, we've got to do that to, to, um, to prove some of these people wrong that are going to, you know, rank us probably towards the bottom. We need to prove that we're not. So this is the start to doing that. Final question. Again, we just went through this entire roster, and the reason I did it this way was because there's so many new guys. 
when's the community going to get a chance to see these guys? So, I mean, obviously we've been out in the community. Uh, we've been we've been out already and that's been great. But, you know, we're planning to have our first kind of like open practice um, October 14th. And that's going to give give the community because our students be going on fall break, give, give the community an opportunity to come watch us practice and, you know, meet some of the players, get some autographs and, you know, just hang out with us, you know. And, and for, for me, God, the community is going to be really important for us. You know, the last game that I was in here, the last time that I stepped foot on this court, I was we were coaching against the Gales from St. Mary's and, you know, obviously going to Gonzaga and, you know, knowing how much of a rival that is, the fact that we beat the Gales was awesome. I didn't know I was going to be a Zag at that moment, but, you know, I, I, I was for a couple of years. So that was huge. But anyways, that game was packed, man. It was a sellout crowd. And I remember there was a picture in my office of me when I prayed in the middle of the court with the whole community just basically praying with me. And, uh, and, that, and that moment, I mean, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Didn't think that it would ever happen again. I, I didn't know if that was a reality, but now it, it's here, and I'm back. And the community that was at that game, the, the fans that came out, we're going to need them. So, you know, we have to make sure that, you know, we, we know and we understand that it's our players out there, it's our coaching staff, it's, it's the administration. But, man, this city, man, Valparaiso, the city, needs a winner. And we need you. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get the fans. I'm excited to get the fans without the students because we can pack that out without the students. But when the students come, it's going to get real live. So come on out, man. Hang out with us. Uh, watch us practice. And, and, and um, yeah, it's going to be a fun day. So you've already done some stuff with the students. You went to the dorms. You hung out there. That was awesome a couple weeks ago. This thing, October 14th, 10 a.m., uh, you're going to do a practice this is a, there's a football game later on that day. So you guys are going to kind of take everyone from the practice, do some stuff there, get them over to Brownfield, support the football team as well. going to be a fun community event. It's going to be great. And, uh, and I'm sure people are looking forward to that. And uh, you got to get back to boot camp. So I'm going to wrap this up right now. Coach Roger Powell, thank you so much for joining the Victory Bell, the podcast. I'm sure we'll do this many more times in the future. Yeah, thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you.